0: Welcome back. Try from the north, brave and bold to the official unofficial podcast of your Idaho Vandals and your Vandal affiliate on the Big Sky Podcast Network for a live reaction of Idaho's 42 to 24 victory over the Southern Utah Thunderbirds. Joining me for the live reaction, we have the professor Brian Marceau. How are you, Brian?
1: We have a win to talk about, dude, so I'm doing okay.
0: Yeah, it kind of gets us out of the drolls of the bottom of the Big Sky Conference. Um, It'll be interesting to see what the – I mean, I don't know how far we move up beating a conference win list Southern Utah. Am I glad that we're the team that doesn't allow Southern Utah to get that possible last conference win in the Big Sky? Very excited. Um, Dude,
1: no question. And I think off of last week, I I do not think it's going to be possible to to be at a lower low for Vandal football than we were – off of what NAU looked like. Getting a win, uh, it was senior night. The attendance certainly looked better uh, against Southern Utah than it did against NAU. Yeah, this is a good day to be a Vandal. There will be better days. There better be better days in the future. But today, definitely a good day.
0: Yep. Uh, Let's start it off with kind of like the big storyline from this one. Roshan Johnson able to get six touchdowns on the ground which beat the previous record of a non-quarterback to score touchdowns in a game. It was four. And I believe what I gathered from the bit of research I was able to do, we had a wide receiver score four, and I think we had two running backs that once scored four. So we had like a three-way tie with four scoring touchdowns by a non-quarterback. Uh, and Roshan Johnson absolutely smatters the record uh, with six. And he had one called back to a holding penalty in which we probably could have got him a seven. So uh, impressive day for Roshan Johnson. You got any kind of like takeaways on that kind of performance from the big man?
1: It was probably, and this has been on brand for Roshan when he has, when he's healthy and when he gets enough carries, his longest rush was 20 yards. He rushes 30 times for 174 that means he was just stable the entire game. Like this wasn't um, a high average. He averaged 5.6 yards a rush. But this wasn't a big total pumped up by a couple big runs. He was just gashing Southern Utah for 5 to 10 yards all the time. We also saw a little bit more diverse set of rushing plays called this week in that we – Roshan certainly went up the middle just fine. He also had some outside rushes, which we just had not had a ton of those this year. But Roshan, really, from start to finish, Southern Utah just had no answer for him. They weren't strong enough. know's line had a nice showing, too. But Roshan, this is, I mean, to me, this is a theme, Chris. We're going to talk about it more. This is the Roshan we've seen in spring games, probably three times.
0: Spring game hero. I feel like yeah. every spring we talk about how Roshan has this amazing spring game. And we have to reel everybody back because we're like, yeah, but he just, like, has never been able to put it together in a season. Uh, and you could say he still obviously hasn't. Uh, but, like, it's games like this. We still have one more year with him if he chooses to come back. He's a redshirt junior, which means he's technically a senior. But, like, I mean, I know there's two games left. I think most Vandal fans are kind of viewing this because it's the end of the home season. It's kind of like a closing of the season, per se. Uh, it's a good way for a lot of Vandal fans that probably won't tune into the last two games. Um to have a good taste in their mouth of having that performance. He almost gets 200 yards. He gets six touchdowns. Um, this is you, I mean you nailed it. This is spring game, Roshan, finally at a game and it, it was awesome to see and it gives you that sliver that if he comes back next year, you know, depending on what the offensive philosophy could be different next season. Uh man, we, we're still stacked in the running back room. It's awesome. Yeah, Roshan Sean- Cummings. Had a good, sorry. I don't want to get all the way to Cummings yet. No, to dude, no
1: that's fine. She stole my point. I was going to say Elijah Cummings, 13 rushes, 99 yards. Yeah. We, yeah, Southern Utah had no answer for us on the ground. Now, Elijah Cummings had, oh, he had more of the rushes on, rushes on the outside uh, mm-hmm. throughout this game. But this, yeah, we've known both these guys are good. And a, fa- a thing both of us have probably cited throughout the season at times is fatigue that w- we're not diverse enough in some of our rushing calls. We saw it today. Uh, We saw two running backs who may be back next year. So listeners also know at this point we're finishing out the season, but part of what we're looking at as Vandal fans is what's generalizable into the future now for us. Those two guys look great today. Uh, Caveat, of course, it was against Southern Utah. Southern Utah is not a good football team, but we looked good. Idaho had not looked really good on the football field for a while so if you, th- this is just nice to be able to say that. It's a nice palate cleanser, like you said, rushing the ball like we did, multiple rushers looking good. Even though we had moments in the second half where it looked like that, you know, that Vandal PTSD starts coming back when mm-hmm. we make the drives, Bodry throws a pick in the end zone, Southern Utah scores some points, that Vandal PTSD comes, didn't matter. Roshan first, Elisha too. They were just too much for, for, that, for Southern Utah to – do anything
0: it's died out yep and uh, it's just it's just so cool to see like i think we figured it out like we've talked about it on this show right like um well we've hinted at it. like Bodry appears to give us the best chance as an offense that looks remotely um competitive uh, in terms of it can't just sneak up on you for one game and really do good the threat of him being able to throw the ball. Uh, is noticeable. He completed almost 70% of his passes. But the biggest knock that we've always had with him is that though he has a better QBR, though he has a better completion percentage, he he keeps care of the ball. Like he doesn't throw a ton of interceptions. He also hasn't thrown a ton of touchdowns. Uh, And we've kind of talked about that's been Idaho's issue is drives kind of stall out this system of like, all right, we'll just let them get to that point where they're stalling out and then just feed these running backs. Uh, and it appears to work because so we've had a great running rushing offense the entire season, uh, but we only had that threat of rushing. Now, when you just paired enough with that threat of the pass, uh, it might not get into the end zone. We might not be that team that functions when the safeties can just play up on our shallow crosses around the end zone. Uh, we're not going to be able to throw the fade ball to the back corner, but you can hand it to Roshan Johnson average over five yards a carry today uh, or Elijah Cummings average over seven and, you know, you'll get in the end zone. I think we saw the blueprint. Uh, if we're going to be competitive in these next two games, this is this is what it, it it what the offense can be with Beaudry. Is we're not going to get passing touchdowns, but man, with this rushing attack, we can get a lot of rushing touchdowns.
1: And the, the, the great point, Chris, and I, I'm just going to acknowledge this facet because it's existed for Idaho football because uh, the Zach Borish. Uh, premise isn't going to go away while he's on the roster because mm-hmm. Zach Borch is a talented guy. But clearly, from a practical perspective, Petrino's not going to let him throw. So for Idaho, we need a guy in there who can complete those short passes like like Beaudry did. Beaudry is 16 of 23 today for 217 yards. He did throw two picks. And against a good team, those yeah. picks would have mattered. They didn't matter against Southern Utah because Southern Utah's not a good team. But we were able to move the ball. We were able to turn those drives into scores. I know Roshan was one to capitalize on all six of our touchdowns. But those some of those scenarios where we moved the ball well, both passing and rushing, Mike Beaudry certainly set up at least a couple of those touchdowns. Mm-hmm. For Idaho to take a next step, we obviously have to be able to do that against teams who are in Southern Utah. But we got into the end zone. Look, we scored 42 points on offense. I talked about it last week, that if we're only going to score 24 points, it's going to be tough to win. Well, hey we got 42. We got a good outing. Really, it, it, this is I think I said it earlier, this is the Vandal team we thought we had at the end of the spring. That yeah. was competitive in all those games that needed to be just a little bit better to make that push for about 500.
0: And but could we argue that 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 is exactly it? You, we're seeing what it looks like when we have Just the slightest bit of consistency in a quarterback that I guess Paul trusts at least, right? I know a lot of us would like to see Boris throw the ball. But with a quarterback that apparently Paul trusts, this is kind of what we can do with Mike Beaudry is this. I mean, first downs, 33 to 16. Like, we controlled the time of possession. This is what we thought we needed from Idaho. It's like, don't give teams like Eastern Washington when we play them the ball 17 times. Like, Control it. Let your defense do what they do. We allowed thirty-seven yards rushing today, one point four yards per rush. Like our defense is effective at stopping the run. Still's got some work to do preventing the pass. But this was that game where like if we just don't let the other team's offense get in a groove, our offense will be able to weasel its way and, you know, find itself in opportunities where we can put up forty two points. Um so I feel like this was, a, I mean, you nailed it. This is exactly what we thought we would get from this team going into this season where teams like Southern Utah, we definitely would beat, and we'd be more competitive with the Easterns and Montanas. Not saying we'd win, but like those games would not be as big of, you know, losses as they were to where it was never really in doubt for either of those two teams.
1: You're, you're right. That is going to be the what if for this season because – In spite of how frustrating the season's felt, Chris, this team is about one game behind where we thought they'd be. We thought, most of us in the show, we thought we'd beat Northern Arizona. But heading into Northern Arizona, our record was exactly what we thought it was going to be. The thing that was different was no one was prepared for us to get decimated against Eastern like that and followed up with getting annihilated against Montana back-to-back weeks. So, yeah, this this team, look against Southern Utah. Southern Utah rushes for 37 yards total, less than two yards per rush. Yeah, that's the, that's the rushing defense we thought that we had coming out of the spring. Mm-hmm. Justin Miller for Southern Utah has a, a, certainly not a bad game at all. He's 23 of 36 for 301 yards and one touchdown. He also got sacked five times. That's the yeah. Idaho pressure we were hoping we would see this year. Heck, on one possession – towards the end of the game. And, at, you know, in the fourth quarter, the game really did feel put away, but Southern Utah wasn't dying. They, they were still fighting. That's part of why Southern Utah's at times felt kind of frisky is because they don't give up, but they don't win. Chuck Okano had two sacks and a strip fumble on one one Southern Utah possession alone. I guess that, that's another story for me, too, is a senior night. We saw some great play out of Trey Walker, and we saw some of the Charles Okano that – it's not that he's been rough this year, Chris, at all. Because Charles Connell's still been good. He's, he's going to be an—he's going to be an all-time what if Vandal for me because of yeah, that.
0: 2019 was just man. He is upward trajectory was just to the roof, and then yeah, that injury just derailed him. And like it's just been like every game he plays, like you're not shocked by what he's doing, but you're like man, you're really getting close to where you were in 2019, where it's like he never really got back or passed. But he was in 19, but he's still just been an outstanding player. So yeah, in, I agree. with an
1: injury like an Achilles, it's it's not shocking for a guy to lose some burst with an Achilles. I mean, that yeah. in basketball world, an Achilles injury is one of the worst injuries a guard can possibly have. Yeah. So him losing maybe a little bit of burst, not surprising at all. And also like the worst time ever to have that happen. And it's the end of 19, and then he gets the COVID season where practice gets screwed up i bet his rehab got screwed up as well in terms of being able to show up places. But seeing him close out senior night the way he did with, I think, his best performance of the season. Again, asterisk, Southern Utah. But with him looking dominant again at some points the way we thought he, he could be or we hoped he could be again, it's, it's at least a good way to close out the Kibby Dome for 2021.
0: Yep. Uh, and you, you kind of touched on it there, Charles Acano like last time you were going to see him in the Kibby Dome uh, had a great performance. Tyrese Dedman, second on the team with tackles with seven Trey Walker, who's a junior, but, uh, we've heard, uh, is going to be attempting to go to the draft. That's why he's a part of senior night. Now, maybe we'll reach out and try to see if we get confirmation from, uh, the SID or whatever. If he's trying to do the Christian Ellis method of like not hire an agent. So if he doesn't get drafted, he can come back. Uh, but for all intents and purposes, probably the last game we say Trey Walker, um, and then also, uh, we kind of talked about it on our show, which is funny. You brought up the sacks. Well, uh, Christian Lightburn, is that right? Caleb? Uh, not Caleb. That's Kayla Lightburn. Uh, 54, it is Christian Blackburn was the guy that I believe Boatman gave a huge shout out to as like a walk-on guy who like stuck it out and da-da-da. He got, what, one or two sacks in this game. So, uh, another senior who we really have not heard much of outside of special teams uh, gets an opportunity to play on senior day and, you know, makes his best of it. Has his Rudy moment, gets a sack. So always cool to see.
1: And another player that I want to I want to talk about two wide receivers for a second, although spoiler alert, none are seniors. So I'm killing our senior night theme for a second. <laughs> Terrest Trader again, has a pretty solid game. Trez Trainer, had we not lost Bodry for some of the games, is probably the top receiver yards wise in conference. Yeah, this year today, he's six receptions for ninety yards. Didn't get in the end zone again. He he helped set up touchdowns that Rashawn Craw- that Rashawn Johnson finished. But uh, Trez Trainer again, when he gets the when he gets a chance, he is clearly one of the best receivers in the league, talent wise and a guy we've talked about on the show a little bit, he's starting to get some reps that we haven't seen for a while. Just so puffer yeah, out of Arizona. he He's a guy we've talked about for a while because he's a big target. Now, it, it's not like his stat line was out of this world, a catch for 18 yards, but he's had a couple big plays in the last two weeks. That's an emerging talent for, for us to watch for, for next year red too.
0: freshman, yeah. So we get three more years of puffer. Uh, so we do lose McKay Stevenson. That will be the one senior. So that kind of blows. Could only got him for a year. Uh, I, I would assume control Haywood comes back and hopefully can kind of reclaim some of that role. Um, no idea what's been going on with control this year. A guy who has so much promise. but you're right. Doesn't Therese trainer kind of feel like he could be the next Jeff Cotton. Like you remember in 2018, Jeff Cotton comes onto the team. He has a couple plays, but everybody's talking about like him and Katrellis, basically equals. Uh, and, you know, he's at, in from JC. So we only get two years with him. But like, coming into 2019, none of us were like saying that Jeff Cotton was going to be NFL. Jeff Cotton was going to be but then in 2019. He just took off. Trust trainer has all the makings of that, like a guy who's in the system. He's making noise. Looks good, but he's kind of had Stevenson and Puffer and at times Cottrell and, you know, Hatton. But, like, next year he could just be that guy that absolutely just takes over and becomes a stud, which is going to be really interesting because you talked about all of our running backs are basically coming back. All of our wide receivers are basically coming back. Um, all but Beaudry in the quarterback room are probably coming back. Our offense is going to be the part of our team that has so much returning next year. It's going to be sad because we're losing a lot on defense, but
1: yeah, fingers crossed the offensive guys uh, come back because this isn't just an idea thing; this is an everyone thing. It's the transfer portal, it is something that can hit teams depending on what's going on. Uh, but you know, you're you're right. We have this is a team that is not offensively. We're not senior laden Like we do, we will not have Bodry next year, but so. But I mean, for that point. Beaudry wasn't declared starter first week of the season. That, that was going to be CJ C. Jordan. So, you know, that, yep. that part could be a constant for next year.
0: And and we've seen what just a year can do in terms of a freshman quarterback, somebody yeah. like Giovanni McCoy. Uh, you look at, I know they didn't win today, but Cam Miller over at North Dakota State coming into this year. A lot of people are like, ah, he's good, but he's too young or whatever. And now, He's beating out a former elite 11 quarterback and North Dakota state likes him. Like it's crazy. With just, I think people forget these guys have like six months to train as a freshman. So like expect Giovanni McCoy to take a step forward next year as well. If we don't play him again, he'll be a redshirt freshman. So like we have him coming back, we have Austin Webb, we have crowd McLeod. Uh, so we'll, we'll have a quarterback room. Um, you know, we'll see if Boris gets more work in the off season. So like, yeah, it will be sad to lose Bodry, but the loss at the quarterback position should not really impact our outlook into next season. I think most of us feel we should be able to replace Beaudry's production. Beaudry has been a great stopgap while we try to get some of these younger guys up. I mean, that's why we brought him in as a grad transfer. And he's, he's done that role uh, well. Had yeah, he stayed healthy. We may have found one more win on the schedule so far. Yeah. I
1: mean, I'd say, I'd take guy like Mike Beaudry over Cam Humphrey at Montana and any day, no question. I, I am hoping we find a better way to use Zach Borish uh, on the offense. Yeah. Wait, one carry today? Like- he, one carry. They have him on special teams. Uh, it's, it, it is, to me, this has been a frustration in that he's clearly earned, in my mind, he's clearly earned touches on the offensive side of the ball. I'm fine saying that that quarterback is not the ideal place for him. And honestly, Petrino's not going to let him throw. Petrino should have figured this out. Quarterback's not the ideal place to get him touches. But we've sure. seen how he can rush and break tackles. At the fair, I mean, if if we're going to say that the backfield in terms, you know running back is too loaded to get him touches, I mean maybe he can be our like a short yardage receiver, get him in space to to make people miss. Just we teams. get we gotta do something with Borish, other than special teams, one rush up the middle, and God knows what else.
0: Yeah, um, and like I just like you know watching other games today, watching South Dakota State, North Dakota State, they lined up in kind of like the old uh, wing tee kind of set, uh, but then the quarterback motioned out from under center it was on like the one, and then they snapped it directly to their All American running back Pierre Strong. And he, you know, wildcat in it. It's like do that stuff with it, like have some fun with Borish. We're not saying like you can't use him or you have to hand it off to him directly or or give him a quarterback read option. I'm saying like have fun with it, do that, and then have him throw to Bodry or run it up the middle or run an option like that. Like just find a way. And now the fact that Bodry's in, we're using him for like one play a game is like, I mean, he basically almost won us two games. Like. The guy's athletic. We got to find ways to use them. Um, obviously, today we didn't need to, but it's Southern Utah who hasn't won a conference game. So, like, we got Montana State, who looks like the best team in the conference, if not the best team in the country next week in Bozeman. And then we get the Bengals, who we haven't beaten in Pocatello in 20, 30 years. So, uh, you know, don't we can't rest on our laurels with this win because this was by far probably the easiest game on our schedule. And we have two of our. Well, not our toughest. We have our toughest game coming up. And then Idaho State, was we all never said it was going to be uh, easy. I think all, most of us predicted us to lose that game at the end of the year in our preseason thing. So nothing from this performance gives me any more confidence that we'll be able to beat the Bengals, uh, even though the Bengals are worse than I think most of us thought they would be.
1: You, just, Yeah, man, you, you answered the question I had for you before you even asked. It. I was going to ask if this, if this game, this result, changes your temperature on Idaho football. It sounds like mostly no at this point.
0: No. I mean, I think we all talked about it on the the pre-show, right? Like, all of us are still pretty, like, upset by how the season has gone. But we – all of us predicted Southern Utah to win. Dallas was the only one that even needed a little bit of convincing to get them over the fence because we all knew it's senior night. Seniors are going to come out to play. You can see it. All the statistical leaders are basically seniors tonight, um, you know, where senior plays in that position. So, it's one of those things – it's hard. You have an opponent like Southern Utah coming in. You probably are going to be able to beat a 50 50 coin toss game uh, when it's senior night. It's just, uh, if you, it's a reason to BYOE, right? Bring your own energy. And that's what we did today. And even with that, Brian, does it alarm you any uh, that even with this performance, we had a very typical Idaho second half? You know, we go into the half, a halftime up 28 10. Uh, In the second half, we only score 14 points, uh, only allowing Southern Utah to score 14 points as well. But once again, we have a pretty good first half where we put up a lot of points and then struggle to in the second half. And I get that Petrino was trying to learn from his mistakes against like a Portland State and have better clock management. And with that 18-point lead, obviously we see it by keeping the ball on the ground and getting 33 first downs. We were just trying. But once again, it's like Idaho came out in the second half and the offense just kind of came out flat and the defense. Um, I mean, I guess they gave up basically consistent points, but I felt like in the second half, Southern Utah had better looking drives than they did in the first half.
1: You felt that because they did the, the good news for Idaho is Hey, 14 second half points. That's our most second half points against a D one team this year. So, you know, kind of, okay, I guess uh, still not ecstatic about it, but I I'm going to answer my question about the temperature on Idaho football with my answer to your second half question, Chris. I don't think we win this game if it's against many other teams other than Southern Utah. Uh, Idaho still was not was the energy was not the same in the second half. Now it's probably worth acknowledging we were pretty close to scoring a third touchdown. Bodry threw a pick in the end zone. If you th- if that doesn't happen, then you know we probably score 21 points and it's easily our best second half. But the the Petrino fall apart, come apart, that all of us are terrified of happening. I had flashbacks during a little bit of the second half. So this doesn't really change my outlook on on this team. It is nice to have a good thing to talk about with Idaho football after yeah. Honestly, if you look at our calendar, it's been since Portland State.
0: That's nice. a three-game three losing streak.
1: Yeah, and the second half against Portland State was not great either. So honestly, we we had around almost a calendar month where we didn't have what you call a great Idaho week to talk about since Portland State. So it's nice. It feels good to finally get the evidence in front of us that, yes, this team that is more talented than the bottom of the league. We're still around the bottom of the league, but we're, we're more talented than a team like Southern Utah, Cal Poly. I think we're more talented than Idaho State. I think we're more talented than Northern Colorado. It's good to see a little bit of evidence in front of us that we actually maybe are, even though that's what we think. But my opinion on Idaho certainly isn't changing after this game. It was more heading into this week with how the season's gone. I was terrified that we were going to find out there is no floor. But we found out there is a floor. It was last week against NAU. Yep. Uh,
0: I mean, any kind of closing points on Idaho versus Southern Utah you want to touch? Or do you think we've, we've kind of hit it all? I mean, I think – we know oh, well, what we are, and we've got a big one next week.
1: Chris, come on, come on. You, you have been wanting to say RIP to Southern Utah forever, and you're going to skip <laughs> that chance right now?
0: Yeah, right. We, we get to kick them out of the whack, uh, or <laughs> kick them out so hard, they're going to the whack. Just real what? quick for kicks and giggles.
1: Hey, Chris, what's Idaho's record against Southern Utah in the Big for, Sky?
0: 3-0? Yeah. Good. Never lose to those clowns. I remember th- one of my first experiences in the Big Sky Uh, was Southern Utah. I think it was a homecoming in 2018, maybe. Uh, And I was texting Kyler. And I was saying, like, hey, uh, Kyler Neal from Eagles Power Hour, for people that don't know. uh, Wow, the Big Sky offensive linemen are really small. And obviously, later we played Eastern. And he goes, did you you find that to be similar for Eastern? I was like, nope, it was definitely just a Southern Utah thing. Uh, So one of my first takes in the Big Sky was how small their line was. So I'm glad that I'll never have to say, their offensive line ever scared me. And Fresno State just housing a punt against Boise State. Go, 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 go. Touchdown Bulldogs. I know that's what everybody was like waiting for during this broadcast. Uh they have one game left against Weber. Weber struggles against Portland State today. Does Southern Utah leave the Big Sky Conference with no wins?
1: No question, no. I mean, look, Weber State lost to Portland State, but we on this show, we don't let people forget Portland State's top five program. Teams are going to struggle. I mean, Idaho is a different monster in dominating Portland State in the first half. Uh, but all jokes aside, the Portland State Weber State thing is going to be a point that I'm going to jump to in talking about what the season could have been, because Portland State, we joke about. Them, they're not a terrible team, they're just not a really good team. in the bar.
0: Raw, and I use the bar.
1: Yeah, Idaho dominated Portland State, looking like a playoff team, and that Portland State team just ended Weaver State's season, which is an, just another version of this I, part of the frustration. Of this Idaho team, look, if they suck, if everyone on, on Idaho sucks, we're annoyed, but we're not as disappointed with some of the outcomes we've had. It's because we know this this team has some talent, but Southern Utah, they're different. I don't think they have talent. I I think, I mean, they don't have enough talent. They have some. Like we, I'd take Justin Miller on the team, the heartbeat yeah. that there's some of their wide receivers that taken heartbeat, but like you said, with their size, they're just not that big I think Southern Utah has weirdly an impressive amount of heart to kind of keep fighting through as many games as they do with as many losses as they have. They still have moments where they look competitive, like, like in this game, Southern Utah could have easily rolled over. They didn't, they did their best to make it a game. And the result was in question a little bit in the fourth quarter. But no, they're they I don't think they're gonna be Weaver State. I think the next celebration is is it week is next week the first bit, the first week in the big sky this the season, Chris, where we don't have a southern Utah game to talk about.
0: Correct. They have a bye week second to last week of the season.
1: I think we get to find out how good it feels to not have to talk about Southern Utah, which isn't a put down to it, Southern it is a put down Southern Utah, but it'll
0: be a preview into all of next season and forever and ever. Uh, yeah, so uh would it be the biggest thing ever if within this week? Somehow the WAC just gets blown up as a thing that doesn't happen anymore with the loss of Sam Houston State, and somehow Southern Utah ends up back in the frickin' big sky.
1: What if what happens, Chris? And we're only I'm, – I'm pivoting to this talk because we're clearly almost done recording. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, we about to end.
1: The, look, <laughs> let, let's just jump into summer talk right now because why not? What if it blows up the WAC's initial plans, and what they do is we form an Intermountain Conference <laughs> that can be a WAC FBS conference?
0: And then Southern Utah has to crawl back to the big sky with like Portland State and Cal Poly. Oh, my God.
1: (laughs) We can dream, right?
0: We can dream. Hey, it's crazy time right now. I just want to end this stat. Uh, Congratulations, Southern Utah. If you do not beat Weber State next week, that means your last big sky conference win will be in the Grand Canyon Rivalry 31-30 on November sixteenth, two 2019. Yes, that is the same Northern Arizona team that Mason Petrino balled out against. Uh, and we, so take that with a grain of salt. They will also finish since 2018, three and 27 in the big Dude, sky conference. So I gotta throw, fans, it could be worse. I got to throw another one
1: in there. I, this was part of the deep dive segment on the mint that I did not know was a segment this week. <laughs> Southern Utah. If we, if we subtract them beating Cal Poly in the spring, which we should, because Cal Poly was so bad. They quit. And Southern Utah only won by 10. Their last Big Sky road win is in at the end of the season in 2017 against UC Davis. That is a long time.
0: Even to go Idaho without. has won in 2019 against that aforementioned North, Northern Arizona. So, yeah, Southern Utah, what kings of the conference in 2016? Uh, man, how the mighty have fallen. Uh, the Mario Warren, I mean. You assume Seth, we once again we complain about where we're at with our coaching. How does a guy like that stick around that long when he takes over for big sky champion Southern Utah in 2015? He takes over in 2016, has won six and five season, and has barely won any games.
1: Yeah, they the- they won the league, it, they tied for winning the league in 2017, 2017, and they've been terrible since. The question I have, and Chris, I'm loving filibustering the end right now. Yeah. How in God's name did Montana need a last a late field goal block to beat this team?
0: Montana, Montana is what Idaho usually is in the big sky. Just a better version of it where you literally do not know what team is going to show up every week. It could be the world beaters. They're able to go toe-to-toe with Eastern Washington, or it could be the team that loses to Northern Arizona in Greeley after beating Eastern Washington. You know, that is they just play to their competition, except today. They blew out the freaking Bears. But, all right, Southern Utah, good to see you. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. Thank you for listening to Tubbs of the Club. Thank you to all our patrons. It's brought to you by Hughes River Expeditions. Uh, We will see you guys on Tuesday. Brian, do we have it? Well,
1: how's basketball working? Well, basketball, we're choosing when I say we, I mean, I am choosing to wait until I get to actually see Idaho play in person. Cause we have such a new roster. I, I really just don't want to bore listeners or myself talking for 40 minutes about guys I haven't seen play. I've listened to the broadcast of our exhibition games and the real quick temperature check is we have convincingly won exhibition games We should not get excited about that, but we should be happy that we're not losing exhibition games like we had last few seasons. So fingers crossed that matters. I'm going to be in Moscow, November 10th, which is this Wednesday for the opener against long beach state. After I've seen this team play, I'm fine talking about them. I just don't want to waste people's time talking about all these transfers that could be promising, but you know, I, I can't say anything other, other than read their stats from Grand Canyon.
0: Yeah. Well, we might try to do one of these. I was going to say, because I'll be watching the game. So we'll figure it out, and we'll give you guys more information on Tuesday about what to expect on Wednesday. So if you listen to our podcast usually, it'd be a great time to watch it live on YouTube.com, Tubs of the Club on Tuesdays at about, what do we do, about 730 Mountain, 630 Pacific usually? Yeah, right around there. Right around there. All right, we'll see you guys Tuesday. Go Vandals. Go Vandals. So raise your glass and have a drink with me, here's to the vandals in the crowd, all
1: just out there living the dream, part of one and
0: only Moscow drinking tea.